Good morning. I apologize to Kent walking right in front of him. Also, I want to go to Crazy Crazy. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Thankful to uh, Kelly and Monty for making announcements. Making announcements is one of the hardest things here. I'd rather do what I'm doing right now than make the announcements. There's too many of these little specific details you get wrong, and tomorrow's going to come up here and beat me up if I get the I-house one wrong. Wow. So many little details. I do want to make an announcement about SOAR. It's the last one as an invitation for this summer. If you're within the sound of my voice, and I sound pretty loud right now, and you hear me talk about SOAR, this invitation is for you. If you're planning to go to SOAR, thank you. Thank you for signing up. If, you, if you've not signed up, I'm encouraging you to. I know there are schedule conflicts. There are other things that are on the table that you have to manage and organize, jobs, other commitments. Totally get it. But you're invited 100%. Whether you can go for the whole time or just part of the time. If you're an upperclassman, this is your first time here and maybe the first time hearing about SOAR, but you want to come out there and volunteer, you can come on and volunteer. We start about 9 in the morning. If you just get up because you can't sleep, perhaps the Spirit's telling you to come up here at 9 o'clock and sign up. If you can't be here for SOAR, totally get it. We have a bunch of other Howdy Week events. And I know some of you probably have questions. What's SOAR? Tell me about the AFC or whatever. So we have people here tagged to answer your questions. Now, just about any of these people can do that. They're all very adept. But we do have a way to notice other people. Grayson, come here. <clears throat> so <clears throat> it took many, many hours of creative and artistic ability from me to come up with this and then this. All right, that's good. <laughs> He's not the only one. Also, Hayden is here, back over here. Leslie, my wife, is here. And so we, I am here. Clearly, we're happy to answer your questions. If during any of this time period that you want to, this next week of Howdy Week and stuff like that, you, you have a question, just reach out. Find us. We're on Facebook, Instagram, um, on our website, aggiesforchrist.org. I was talking about all the specific things that you say when you're having to do announcements. I mean, all the little things to remember. There's a lot of specific things I want to say today. Actually, there's 37 things written down. I'm not like Dean. Don't worry about it. It's fine. We'll get through it. I'm not like Dean who memorizes. He come here. He never looks down. He memorizes and goes through the whole sermon. I'm looking down 37 times at least. I have another uh, invitation before we get with my 37 things. Is next week, now we have a lot of people here. School's not started clearly. Howdy Week officially hasn't started yet, but a lot of people are here and there are a lot more are going to be coming back. So we'll be uh, even, there'll be even more students here next week. And so I'd like to try something. It's going to be a try, it's a gamble. We'll see what happens. Next Sunday, We'll continue our religious services as we typically do at local restaurants. All of us gathering together, roses being the hub. What I'd like to do is have you, generally speaking, invite them to a meal. 
Now, there's no real great organized logistic way, logistical way to do that. I mean, y'all are over here and they're over here. So next week, if we could just meet generally here, y'all invite, y'all accept, and then you can just meet somebody at our home, a lot of your first time, maybe home, home congregation, perhaps, for the first time, go out and share a meal together. Ask one or more of them. So I'll remind you, of course, this is not a have-to thing obligation. It'd be just nice. Y'all want to eat. They want to eat. Let's eat together after services. Maybe just find somebody. Hey, you got plans for today? Come with me. This is where we're headed. Hey, my name's Brian. Good to meet you. Let's go. That's what I'm asking you to do next week. So let's start right here with a question. Have you found yourself looking for the right thing in the wrong place? Literally, the whole world does that. A lot of people looking for answers to their questions, but they're looking in the wrong places. Some people have no idea where to look. Some people aren't looking. Some people don't know they even should be looking for anything. But generally, the whole world is searching for the answers. The right thing, but in the wrong place. Now, there are daily examples when we're looking for something that we've lost and we just aren't looking in the right place. But there are also bigger questions. So if you would, watch this little bit of a long, but a great clip from The Chosen. Shalom. Me? Yes. Shalom. I have a question for you. For me. I don't have many answers, but I'm listening. Do you want to be healed? Who are you? We'll get to that later. But my question remains. Will you take me to the water? <laughs> Look, I'm having a really bad day. You've been having a bad day for a long time. So? Sir, I have no one to help me into the water when it's stirred up. And when I do get close, the others step down in front of me. And so, Look at me. Look at me. That's not what I asked. <clears throat> I'm not asking you about who's helping you, or who's not helping, or who's getting in your way. <clears throat> I'm asking about you. 
Free to walk, like he said. Don't forget your bed. <clears throat> Why does this matter? Because you're not coming back here. That life is over. Everything changes now. So I've watched that probably 20 times in the last few days uh, leading up to today. There's so much about it I love. There's two points when he says, let's go, and he hits his thigh... And then and you know that feelings come back. That's great. And then at the very end, when Jesus takes his face in his hands and gives him a kiss on the forehead, I love the sweetness of that. So Jesus is with his 12 dudes uh, for the period of his ministry. They were right there with each other. Now, if you notice in this video clip, there were three of them or so there with him at that time. So they weren't together all of the time in the same physical space, but generally he was right there present. They could hug, they could give high five, they could touch, they could share meals together, um, they could walk the, the streets together, they go put their sandals on together. So there was this literally a long sideness that Jesus had with his, his followers, his disciples, the people he was personally training. Um, so there was a, that personal touch. But he's getting ready to shake things up. And it's generally recorded in John chapter 14. And we're going to go to a passage in chapter 14. The text will be on the screen. We're going to be looking at 16 and 17. But before we go there, <clears throat> this is a pretty familiar, remember, a memorable passage to you probably 
In fact, a little note about Brian Miller history. Uh, years ago, I did a, a sermon back at the small church I was at. On Sunday nights, they would give the teenage guys a chance to preach. And so uh, the first time I did a sermon, it was on John chapter 14, not these verses down here, most of the ones at the top. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Where I'm going, there's going to be a place for you. I'm build mansions. That's how he starts. And it's an important, significant sort of start because he knows about what, uh, what he's going to tell him is going to be pretty shocking. So let's try to put it in our terms. Imagine you have lived with someone and they've been right there. Now, they're not always in the same geographical space. You're at the store and at the post office. They're in Fort Worth and you're here. But, I mean, generally you've lived your lives together and then it's gone. The physical presence, the ability, capacity to share the same space, hug, is gone. That's what he's preparing them for. Now, they don't know that's happening when he starts with the don't let your heart be troubled. But he knows what they're going to feel. Because he's going to go away. And then we get to verse 16 and 17. It says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So what these, uh, these disciples, apostles would have experienced was there were some times when Jesus might have been up in Caesarea and John was hanging out in Bethlehem. So they weren't always in the same space. So John made me, I can't wait till I get back to be with Jesus. Jesus is coming back to this week and goes, we're having this big feast. Finally, I get to be with him a little bit more. But there was still this idea that that was in the future. I had this friend, he was going to be next to me, this advocate alongside me who was going to be with me and go along life with me. He's telling them, no more. I'm going away, but I'm sending you someone, advocate, spirit of truth, intercessor, comforter, who's going to be in you. So that everywhere you go, I will be with you. You'll never be alone. Now, it's going to be hard for them to understand how, how could a physical person be replaced with a non-physical flesh person. That'd be scary. Their heart would have been troubled. They would go, how, how can that be better? This advocate word has a couple of different meanings. I want to show you and tell you a couple ways I see it playing out. The first one is sort of a more traditional um, interpretation definition of advocate. This is a pick from a few good men. Many of you know it. It perhaps is a favorite of yours as it is of mine. This scene is at the sentencing. They're standing to hear the judge read the sentence. Guilty or not guilty. And these people here, three, who have been their advocates 
in trial, stayed with them through maybe weeks, months, years in real day. Attorneys stay on cases with people for long periods of time. They're their advocate. And so when the accused stands, their attorneys stand with them. I love that image. Here's a better one. We don't do it so much now. But for many of you, you will remember the days when the invitation song was given. And someone would walk down to the front, an elder or preacher would meet them, you would all sit, and they would ask for forgiveness. Or, as I often remember, a generalized statement sometimes says, rededicate their life to Jesus and all that could possibly fall under that. I've seen it happen here. But the sweetest part is that often when that person steps out and comes down, they're not the only one stepping out. Friends, family members, many who might know the backstory for what's actually compelling them to come forward, come up and join them. Lay their hands on them as they pray. Sit, hug them. In close proximity. That's alongside. Another example, which you do marvelously well. I'll get these emails. You get them. From here at the church, Lori or someone else who sends them out. And announces a need. Now for those who are not here all of the time and not on CCB or consider this church your member where you're a member, you may not recognize the jump ball email, but many of you do. There is a need put out there. We refer to it in our vernacular as the jump ball. There is someone who needs something. I need someone to answer the call. And I get the email that starts, hey, someone, someone has this, needs this. And then here come the flood of emails. I've got it. I'm praying. I'm sending a note, I'm taking a meal, I'm mowing the yard, I'm whatever the answer needs to be to their question or need, you are marvelous at it. That's another example of the alongside. Now see, there's a transformation taking place also. Jesus has been alongside their advocate. They're now having the Spirit live in them, and they are going out, and the Spirit is with them wherever they go. They cannot go a place without the Spirit in them, in you. So while Jesus was the advocate, the alongside, now you are. That's how the disciples were sent out. They had the Spirit in them. Their mission, their call, their purpose was to be alongside. I've thought about our groups. They do it well. <clears throat> AFC, youth, 
older population, all our subgroups, young professionals, are marvelous along ciders. And I've also thought about this. During a day and age when it seems like everyone wants to talk or there's often a lot of conversation about pronouns, I've got one for you. We. You're always a we. Because you're never alone. You're never alone. You're always a we. The Spirit and you. On mission, on purpose, on call. I've got a story for you. It's a little bit of a history lesson, so sit tight. Several years ago, this church started a ministry, built a house on Eleanor Street by the Lincoln Center. It's called the Lincoln House of Hope. It was built to answer questions for the people that lived in that area. And it did it well. Over time, the demographic has changed. I don't know if you've been over there lately, but it is in the process of changing where the demographic is primarily, and it will even be more so in the coming years, college students who are living in these many high-rise, quote-unquote, Aggie shacks or other houses built to collect a lot of rent payments by students. That's what it's beginning to look like. It's already started. We had been praying for some time, AFC College Ministry, for some place, some structure, some house where we could use as an outreach beyond just a church building where our students could come in contact in a place with students that are not associated with AFC or church or even necessarily Jesus in the other capacity. One of the board members of the Lincoln House of Hope Community Service Center came to me and we sat down and the proposed was, the question was, hey, generally speaking, could the Aggies for Christ use this? And my first thought was, That's awesome, but let's go take a look. It's been a long time since I've been in there. Let's go look and see how it works, how it fits. That conversation started more conversations and then plans and then assignments and then dreams and then visions so that what was called the Lincoln House of Hope has changed names. We said, yes, we'll take it. And we call it the 1972 House. Now, many of you know why. It's because the 1972 was at least the beginning, sort of this Aggies for Christ phrasing or referencing this group. I want you to know the things that have been going most on most recently at the Lincoln House of Hope 
The bags of blessing at Thanksgiving and the food pantry giveaway still going on, still meeting the needs of the community in those ways. Hopefully, there's a way for AFC to partner in those ministries with those who've already been doing Even just this past Friday, they were doing the, bread, uh, the food giveaway. I want to mention some people and thank them. First, I'm going to mention for I'm going to mention by name the board of the Lincoln House of Hope. I want you to think. It is pretty extraordinary for a board to make a right turn on a vision or decide. You know, maybe the vision has changed. Maybe the dreams look different, and to be willing to include the college students in outreach to what is now a structure and house surrounded by college students. Paul Jackson, John and Lynn Spivey, Kathy Anderson, Roy Parker, Terry Sheely, and Kyle Spencer. Thank you. Other people, in a minute, I'm going to show you a video. But before we get to the video, I'm thinking Kyler, who can do everything. Lori and Bailey and Charles. Kathy Tompkins, the best friends. Kathy Tompkins. Dale Christian, also known as Jefferson Christian Custom Homes. Dale's side hustle. Not really, but I just envision him driving that big old truck by, past his projects. And not even stopping, just rolling down the window and just yelling, hey, I don't like it, knock it down, start over. Coming back in an hour, have it all up. All those houses he builds. Hayden and Leslie, if you get to the house and you like how it looks and you like how it feels, it's their doing, not mine. They gave me maybe an option for a throw pillow design, but that's about all. Because they're great at it. Jared Fancher. Jared might have had one of the more difficult jobs. Now, Jared is known as, also now known as Hayden Liebel's boyfriend. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> he got back in one of the study rooms with multiple boxes from Ikea. You should know that's a problem. All those little parts in another language? I mean, just trying to put that together? He got back there and put this very complicated desk together and helped in other ways. And all the people that have been praying, and all the elders who are willing to say, that's great, do that. It's a blessed, blessed time. And... AFC is blessed with former AFCers who donate um, generously to the AFC. So none of this project is coming out of our regular general contribution. So I want you to see the video. I wish I had done it before and then an after. But here is what it looks like now.
For you guys, this was given with you in mind. It was decorated with you in mind. Its dreams have you in mind. And those that will come after you. It's for you. We enjoyed it for the first time last night. I should have taken a video or a picture of the college students packing the place. I think about conversations and sharing coffee and going to watch the away game there. Studying for courses, for your classes, Bible studies, purity groups, mission meetings. But I also, more than that, envision the invitations hey I'm going over here to drink coffee why don't you come with me hey we got a place where we watch the game hey come on we, some of my friends are there hey you need a quiet place to study I've got the place for you hey everybody's coming over to have pizza tonight come on you come too love it I want you to be there with us that's your other task and how it should be used I want to show you a picture of a group of people. It's one that's super familiar to you. You've seen this even recently with the anniversary of the AFC. Now, this might at the time seem like, oh, not a really, really big deal. We're getting on this bus. You're driving, you know. But they could not have known, could they? how many people would be impacted by what they started. I want to read a couple of verses. The first one's from Matthew 31 through 33. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants. It becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all the way through the dough. And then a passage in Zechariah. Now this is when... God's people are coming back from exile and they're building the temple, rebuilding the temple. And this is what God, through Zechariah, says. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices 
to see work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. I was just thinking, actually, I just thought for the, when we were doing the other verse, when it talks about, you know, we start these, you know, the mustard seed, the left, you know, the mustard seed started grows in this, you know, they, they, those 12 never would have known what that seed was going to produce. Y'all are actually the ones that even refers to perching in the branches. You are now enjoying what they start. And we know sometimes when we put that leaven in the dough, nothing's happening. It just takes time. God relishes, praises, small beginnings. Not too long ago, I was sitting with Sid Walker at the Stella Cafe, which we do on occasion, and he said, uh, told me a quote that he said that he had heard or read or somewhere, and it went like this. Do for one what you'd like to do for the many. So, let's talk about the many. I did some calculations. Now, I'm going to maybe go through this with you. I'm not insulting you. It's my calculations. That's already a problem. But here we go. I was doing some research, and I'm pretty right on. At A&M, Blinn and Relis, there are 71 religious spiritual organizations listed on the student activities website as of this week. My best calculations are that there are 100 churches, the best I could figure. I really was 99. Pretty consistently, I rounded up to 100. <laughs> so you take those 71 organizations and you give them each 100 students. Now, I know there are a few organizations that have more than that. I know because if you go to the Student Activities website, you scroll down, it will tell you membership numbers. The vast majority have memberships of 0 to 50 because the Student Activities uh, program only, they don't give you specifics, they're just giving you ranges. But I've given every one of them 100. And just to give you an example, these are broadly characterized as Religious or spiritual. For example, this is our Christian architecture leaders organization. This is. It includes the Love World TAMU organization, which its mission statement is building a happier world through love. I'm for all those things. But I'm just telling you, there's a broad definition of religious spiritual, and there's 71 of them. A lot of them would love to have 100 members. Then you take the churches and you put 200 students in every one of those churches. Now, I know there are some outliers, but most of these churches, the vast majority, are small. But for the sake of argument, let's give them that 200 students are sitting in there in a given fall Sunday morning. Well, that's 20,000 students. Then, because I don't really know what I'm doing with math, let's add 1,000 students. <laughs> and then let's just add another 1,000. Because maybe, I, maybe it was 72 orgs. Maybe it's actually 105 churches. They just didn't list theirs up on the website. Let's do all of that. And then let's look at our total slide. TMA, uh, A&M, Relis, and Blinn, in the fall of 22, 
was a total of 78,135 students. If you take that 7,100 and the 220,000 and the other 1,000 because I don't know what I'm doing and the other 1,000 because I wanted to throw another 1,000 in their buffer, you come up with a total of 49,035 students who aren't part of anything spiritual or religious. And this is also assuming that there's no duplications. That if you're part of the Christian architecture leadership thing, that's your only involvement in anything Christian or religion. But we know that's not the case. But just for argument, let's just say it is. We come up to 49,035. That's the many. And just for no, more contrast... If you had an undergraduate school that had 49,000 students in it, you would still, I looked, it ranked us, if, just make up this as Miller University at 49,35. You'd either be the 16th largest or the 21st largest university in the United States of America. That 49. Or you could do it by city demographic. This 49,000 is more than... Galveston, Farmers Branch, Huntsville, Friendswood, Sherman, Keller, Coppell, Katy. Imagine Katy, Texas, not a church, not a religious club. That's how many that is. Forty-nine thousand ish. I'll give you the ish. Who are looking for many of them for the right thing in the wrong place, or not looking, or don't know they should look. When you talk about reaching out or coming alongside, there's forty-nine ish thousand. Thousand people that need us. I thought about the house. We just have a couple pictures up now. But I envision people being invited and coming and going, hey, what's that? Oh, that's when we go to Tanzania. Let me tell you about that. Oh, see this picture over here? What's that? Oh, well, that's Thursday night Devo. We're up there every Thursday night, 9 o'clock-ish, at the academic building. <laughs> oh, this one over here, this is, we, this is Bowles Home. Let me tell you about Bowles Home. We've been going to Bowles Home forever. We go, this is week. We just go and help these kids at a children's home. I love that. And there are people, and I might have said this already, but we'll say it again, that might go to a house but won't come to a church. And they want somebody to be alongside them. If you remember back at the chosen video that we saw, what the answer was? Jesus. It's not that pool over there that you think is going to be, start gurgling and you can get in it. Jesus is the answer. So I also think about this as 
unity. I mean, people can get, we, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of conversations and sometimes disagreement with things, but can, I think we can rally around Jesus and unify right there. And I want you guys, and y'all do well, when you're coming alongside each other, you are, you do, you're magnificent at it. And you're also good at coming alongside people that have no knowledge about Jesus. But that's where we want to grow. We want to be there for all those people because that's our mission. That's our call. That's our purpose. So we talked about the many. Let's talk about the one. Do you know someone who's looking for right and good things but doesn't know where to look? Do you know someone who doesn't even know to look? Well, that person, that's your person. And we, because it's not just me, it's me and the spirit that lives in me. May we, may I, look better and be better at looking for who I can come alongside. This is the actual exit to the house. I said I wanted this painted up there. When you're walking out, this is what you do. And whether you're a college student, a high school or junior high student, are older. This need of someone to be alongside me is both our purpose, our mission, our call, and our own need. So that we don't go it alone. And we find, I think, this is, I'm just thinking about this right now, or I thought about this morning when I was doing first service. Sometimes when I'm talking, sometimes about uh, finding your mate for life. I talk about how I'm wa- if I'm walking to Jesus here, you know, and I know we make mistakes and we get off path. I'm just generally speaking, we're walking toward Jesus. And then I see someone else, I'm a young lady here walking to Jesus with Jesus. I grab her hand and we go together. That's the alongside. So we're going to Jesus. We're headed toward Jesus. I want you to come alongside people and take them where you're going to Jesus. The many, it's overwhelming. 49,000. But do for one what you can do for many. And who's the one? Someone. For you to come alongside.